Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Black Mirror. Today we'll be covering the second episode from Netflix TV series Black Mirror titled Smithereen. So I just want to throw us out this when we first looked at what the episodes were going to be. Episode mm-hmm. one was Smithereens and everything I saw. But, you know, in a very Black Mirror you know, way, it actually was the mm-hmm. second episode. So apologies there. I mean, it is Black Mirror, so it doesn't really matter in what order you watch them. Uh, yep. So the first one we're going to be covering is the, technically second in the list of the episodes, and it's the episode Smithereens. Yeah, we're just going to get a little funky here like the show and kind of subvert your expectations a little bit. So <laughs> that's that's what we're doing today. But I'm excited to talk about this one, um, you know, because this was it was heavy and it was deep, but, you know, I really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about it. And so with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our top five. I'll kick it off this week. Where are my notes? Okay, here we go. So my number five, I don't really have a title for my number five, but, you know, kind of what we were kind of learning in this show a little bit. Um, well, and I am I know that there's some facts to this as well, but what was interesting was when they were talking about there are like certain algorithms or something, maybe I'm not saying the right term, that like make you addicted to social media, like there's things that they do to tweak to kind of keep your eye Get the dopamine on, going. Yeah, get that dopamine going and keep you on that app and keep you coming back again and again. But, you know, so I, I, I get that and I know that that's a fact, but it also makes me question a little bit like where does our own personal responsibility kind of come into play? How much of social media is actually habitual? Um, so I, you know, I did some looking up and there's a few things here that kind of, um, kind of break down the psychology a little bit of it. And one of them is that we are social creatures. We have the need to be connected and to interact with others. You know, that's just kind of a universal thing that we all feel. Um, We have that feeling of belonging and that's something that we crave, you know, as human beings. We also have the need for validation. So that's something that social media provides, whether it's likes and follows, um, you know, we're driven by that validation for our behavior and the thoughts we share. Um, There's FOMO. We all know what FOMO is, right? Fear of missing out. Mm, Um, Yeah. That's, if I had to say what my habit of it is that it's the FOMO thought. Yeah. You have the, you think the FOMO is big, big for you. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I'm the first one to see that cute video of, yeah. I mean, I guess you, did you see the cute video of the, the kid or the dad talking to his kid on the couch? I didn't get to hear it. I saw it as I was scrolling through, but I was in a hurry. So uh-huh. I didn't have a chance to like stop and listen to the audio, but I've seen it like two or three times in my feed. So is it cute? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like you, you hear about that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out. And you watch it and you're, you know, in this day and age, it's, you know, a day later, but it's a lifetime exactly. in the terms of social media and the internet. Exactly. Because everything moves so fast and that's kind of a big, big kind of point driven home in this episode too. Um, 
so we have, you know, that we're social creatures, the need for validation, FOMO, um, the ego needs a platform. So social media, you know, is a perfect place um, to, to kind of feed that. Um, according to researchers, the ego desires recognition, which can in turn drive us to disclose our personal information, pictures of ourselves in order to earn strokes. So stroking that ego, we, we're getting a little bit of that when we're putting that stuff out on social media. And those are just a handful of things that I kind of grabbed out there. There's more if you want to look into that. But I just thought it was really kind of interesting to kind of see that there are things that they do to tweak that because of our own natural behavior. But I also feel there's a bit of a, you have to kind of own it. You have to, I I don't know. I think we need to kind of recognize when it's becoming a problem that you can't put your phone down. You know, I think it's good to detox. I know I do a detox sometimes. I'll put my phone down for the weekend. I keep it close by in case my kid is not with me and she needs to text or call me. But I turn off like all my apps and I don't get on social media. And I'm just like, I don't even, I just got to get away for a little bit because sometimes I feel like I'm on it too much. Do you ever do that? Do you feel the need? I put a timer on mine. So like all social media apps, I only have 45 minutes a day I can use it. Would you think it's like 45 minutes? That doesn't seem like much time or maybe it seems like a lot of time, but <clears throat> yeah, you, you start going through different Twitter and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff I do for the podcast mm-hmm. eats into that too, which is good because it's like that's productive to an extent. But I'd like to yes. eat into that time so that I'm not sitting there looking at it. But yeah, that's kind of, you know, when you hit that 45 minutes, like, all right, well, I'm done. And uh, I've I've even gone as far as putting my phone on our like fireplace. Mm-hmm. So I will put it far away from me so it's not sitting right next to me because it's just like a cigarette and things like that. It's habit. Yes. You know, you're sitting there, you have adult. And of this show, this episode, the one thing that I thought was most kind of like uh, relatable was when he's like, oh, we're driving in the car and like a few minutes go by and I got bored. Mm-hmm. Because we are in this kind of state where we're like, we want things now. It's like, I want to flip through this and see what's going on. You know, Twitter, you flip it down, you spin it. Okay, there's a new tweet, there's a new news article, there's something out there everywhere. New viral to, video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to fill in that little bit of time. And what you'll notice too, like if you do those detoxes, like if you put your phone up for a week, like um, it sounds like Bauer was doing, like he was mm-hmm. on like a 10 day long detox. Yes. Which was a very key word, I think, to to say detox, not just a, you know, a, a vacation. Like a away. retreat yeah, or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like an actual like breaking away from electronics and social media. Yeah. But you do that and you come back. Yeah, you might have missed like a video or something like that. But in the scheme of things, it didn't really matter. Exactly. Unless yeah. it's our podcast, then you have to listen to every single one when it comes out. Yeah, see, that's the thing. We have to draw a line here. There's, It's fine taking a break or limiting your activity or putting the phone away, but, you know, podcasts are very important and informative, mm. so <clears throat> don't detox from the podcast. We, we, we wouldn't want to hear anyone doing that, of course. That's that's going too far. I'm sorry. But that's a really good idea. I like what you say because I don't I don't have a fireplace or anything to put mine on, but I do notice like I'll keep it close to me like in the same room that I'm in, but I try not to have it like within arm's reach. Yeah. I've even went so far as putting it in a whole other room because if it is next to me, I do get sometimes I get tempted now. Sometimes if I just you know how you just have those days where you're, you're just fed up with the world. Like yeah. you're either you're seeing something on social media and you just keep seeing it over and over. It's toxic or it's bad news or or maybe you're just in a mood. I don't know. And you're just like, I'm so fed up with it. You don't get tempted. But I do still get tempted even when I'm trying to like stay away from it because my phone is right there. So I'll, I'll either turn it off 
um, or I'll put it in a whole other room. So I don't see it because it's, mm-hmm. if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Um, and then I don't think about it so much. So I like that idea that, you know, you put it up on your fireplace. So it's not like just within arm's reach and you have to kind of get, you know, make an effort. Yeah. Cause you put it. it there, you're on the couch and usually what happens is like a commercial comes on. That's what bites me is a commercial comes on. I get up to the <laughs> kitchen or wander and I walk by it and I grab it. And even just like, even if it's sitting next to me and I'm not paying attention to it, a commercial, or it's just like what he said, like you get bored for a few minutes. You're like, well, I wonder what's going on here. And you start swiping through and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, the show or the, the game's back on. You miss some of it. And there is an addictive piece to it because there's times where I'll be sitting there like, you know, I should watch this game a little bit closer. I'll just I'll just check Reddit next. And that's the uh-huh. thing, too, is you have like Reddit, you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have Instagram, you have all these things. It's a black hole. It is. Just a black hole. of What the hell did we do before the internet and all these apps? I was a child and remember, like, what did you do between these commercial breaks? Or so, what did you do when you were bored? There's, there's, a, there's a picture that I love because it's telling. Because I think a lot of people who, you know, even like you and I both were in the stage of pre, you know, smartphones and things like that. Yes. <clears throat> but everybody's always like, you know, back in our day, we always like talk to people. And when we were on the train, you know, it was all interaction. There's a picture of like this train or bus. Every single person has a newspaper. Oh. And so it's like, oh, I remember back when we had all the interaction every single time. It's, you know, nope. like, you know, when I was younger, my mom used to read all the time, which, you know, she wasn't paying attention to us. She was reading, which is kind of the same thing. Like, you know, obviously it's just like with your phone, like she still paid attention to us, but, you know, she'd be sitting there reading a book while we played or watch TV and, you know, yep. my dad come home, he'd watch TV or he'd read a newspaper kind of thing. So there was other things that kind of took up attention spans. I think just with smartphones, it's just a lot more vast. And it's a, a I mean, Black Mirror does a great job of this. It's very much telling of kind of like, uh, like, should we really trust this, you know, this mm-hmm. electronics and this futuristic stuff? Like, you know, if it's a book or a newspaper, it's different. But if you're reading, you know, an article on The Onion, like that's that's not good. That's bad. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's a big difference between, you know, because I, I did do that a lot before I ever had a smartphone before the whole internet is I, I would read like I go to the library and I guess it's still the same because this is really sad if it tells you how long I've actually physically been to the library and not like gotten a Kindle book. Um, but it used to be every 14 days, you know, you got to check out your books and you got a maximum of six books at a time to check out. I would check out six books and read them in those 14 days. Oh, nice. That's so, good. Yeah. Well, well, I didn't. I didn't work then. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. So, you know, give me that. If my kid was at school all day, I would, you know, kind of do my things around the house that needed to be done, and then I would sit down and I would read. Weather was nice. I'd go outside and I'd read. And then, yeah, in the evenings, I'd let my kid. You know, if she wanted to watch a little bit of TV, and it's some crazy show that I had zero interest in because she's watching the same show over and over again, right? Because our kids love to yeah. do that. Oh, we're I on would, the same Scooby Doo episode. Exactly. You know, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I've seen this episode hundred times or I've seen this movie, whatever. Um, I'm letting her enjoy herself. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to, you know, I got caught up in this chapter. I'm going to read. At least reading, I feel, you know, at least you're, I feel like you're getting a lot more out of it. You learn more when you're reading, you expand your vocabulary and it's longer. A book is longer than getting on Twitter and reading a tweet or reading someone's status on Facebook or looking through someone's, you know, Instagram posts. So, you know, everything's so fast paced on the internet. It's at least when you're reading a newspaper, a magazine or a book, you know, it, it it just feels like you're filling your brain with better 
things and what's on the internet. There's not a lot of good stuff out there. So, which reminds me, there is a viral video going on right now of a sorority video on Twitter. Have you seen that? I haven't. I'm going to send it to you okay. after, we, after we're done. Everyone go check it out. And if you're really super curious, I'll send it to anyone or I'll post it or something. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. Oh. It's hilarious. Is so, it good or um, bad? Like, it's, it's just funny. It's like this old, I think, 90s oh, sorority. like very um, cultish kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see that. That's. I got swept up in it. I saw something about some sorority video on Twitter that was trending. And I'm like, well, I need to go look at this um, because it was getting so many comments um, by folks. And even like Jordan Peele, you know, who's famous for doing Us. Um, and oh, darn, what was the other one? He did these creepy movies. Um, and he's done the new um, Twilight Zone. Um, so he, he even made a comment about it. And I'm like, I got to check this out. And so, I mean, I get swept up in it too, um, but, you know, I think that there's a lesson to be learned on kind of taking a little bit of personal responsibility. Like you can say, yes, there are things that they do to make you, you know, stare at your phone all the time, but there's also times we have to like, I think, acknowledge that and be like, you know what, I'm going to put my phone down for a little while. And especially like while you're driving or something like that. So anyway, I rambled a lot on that and I apologize, but that was kind of my whole point about number five. So I want to hear what your number five is. Uh, My number five will probably be a little bit shorter, but it's the first thing I really noticed in, in all the black mirrors we ever watched. This was the first one that gave us a year. Yes, was, time. Yeah, and it was very much in this time frame. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the black mirrors we see, I mean, I guess the the Bandersnatch one took place like in the 80s. But with this one it was definitely it's like it's our time frame. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie and say that I was surprised at the the overarching story with this, like how it ended up happening that, you know, he was, you know, basically using his phone while he was driving. Mm-hmm. Very early in this I'm like I wrote it down. It was during the uh, the group um, uh, group scene when he's there, like for the consult or what would it be like a grieving group or what would you what would you call that? Like a um, bereavement group or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. And right when I saw him there, like I was like texting and driving. So he did something and texted driving. <laughs> Good thought, call. Yeah, I was like maybe he killed his like he was in an accident with his mom or maybe he you know something happened mm-hmm. with texting and driving or something. But and yeah, so I I kind of saw that coming, but. I think this is really with it giving the year and like a lot of times when we see Black Mirror shows, they're they're kind of somewhat of warnings and somewhat of just like, hey, like Twilight Zones. It's kind of like, uh, like I can relate, but it's like I don't know that I can relate. Right. But this specific episode, I think, you know, you watch as a you know, you your sixteen year old kid, you show them this. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, okay, maybe in the back of their head they'll keep that in mind. Because it made me think, like, I mean, there's been plenty of times I've probably pulled my phone out while I was driving when I shouldn't have. Um, yeah. And it just takes that one time. You're like, you know, because, you know, I don't think I've ever had a super close call, but, you know, where I'm from, they've got those uh, graded sides. So, like, if you go over the line, it oh. vibrates. Oh, yeah. You get alerted real quick. Yeah. And so there's been times <laughs> I've been doing that. And you go, like, oh, oops, crap. Uh, yep. I guess I'm not in the right state of mind at the moment to be doing two things at once, one of which is driving at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. But I, I like that they gave a year because they could have kept it vague like they usually do. But I think in doing that, it really solidifies that, hey, this isn't just a futuristic potential problem. This is a current problem. Yes. Thank you. That's a really good point. And I think that was kind of why they also gave us that year as well. Like, that's not 
some far off dystopian or you know thing that we need to like you said be warned of or that we should take heed or be scared of something that could happen in the future it's happening now you know and and that's telling it's not really something that's new too because i remember when i was 16 um the big thing for for my age group was you had that big ass case of cds because mm-hmm. back in the day, kids, you couldn't just punch in your phone and pick out whatever music you want from Spotify. You I had to know. dig through like two, maybe three binders of CDs to find your perfect CD. Yeah. And there were stories of kids who were doing that while they're driving and have accidents. Um, mm-hmm. My uh, girlfriend's mom at the time was like, hey, I just want to ask and make sure, like, please don't do that while you're driving. Cause, and I wasn't, because I didn't. That's actually something I was good at. Like, I'd find a CD beforehand and yeah. put it in. But she's like, there's been kids who, you know, weren't paying attention doing that and got in car accidents, so be careful. So there's always been these things that have distracted us. But I think now, like, with specific smartphones, like, everybody has it in their hand. Everybody gets a message from somebody, and you pull it up, like, hey, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, mom, I'm on my way. Yeah, there's texting, there's notifications, all of that. You're exactly right. But I think that all leads to, like I said, just I'm kind of – Glad they put the specific earrings. I think it makes it very much more relatable, which is a good thing. I I agree, and I think that the episodes when they give us a time um, always turn out really well. Like when they're doing a present day scenario, like they did on this one, I think it turns out really well because I did enjoy this episode um, very much. So very good number five. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. <clears throat> um, so that goes into my number four. So this is a pretty heavy episode and I I stay pretty serious. um, I feel like on most of it. And so just to keep it a little bit light, I'm going to switch to something on a lighter note. This is kind of short, but um, I think everyone will kind of appreciate and I hope kind of saw it the same way that I did as the episode plays out. And that is, could Chris have picked a worse hostage? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of comical a little bit, you know, He when Chris is, we find out later on that he is constantly just hanging around this building and just, you know, waiting for someone that is coming out of that building for a ride. So this guy's putting his time in, right? And he happens to get this this Jaden guy, this poor guy, and he's thinking, I've I've hit it here. This guy is somebody. He's in a suit. He's on his way to the airport. He can hear like his conversations and stuff. So he knows that he's he he's must be some type of executive or something. And comes to find out, you know, when he they get to that area underneath the the bridge there. And finds out that he's an intern. He's an intern dressed in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> and he, poor guy. Chris is just, I I think that it, the actor's name is Andrew Scott, by the way, um, that played Chris in this role. He did a wonderful job. Oh, yeah. These I two feel, did great, I thought. Yeah. They really did really well. I haven't, I have to say, I haven't seen anything else that Andrew Scott was in, but I've heard other people on the internet talk about some of his other roles and, and how really good of an actor that he is and i will agree just from this 
one performance I saw him in, I thought he did a really great job. It was, I started to feel he was almost going to go a little over the top during that scene under the bridge when he's really kind of losing his shit a little bit going on about, you know, you're an intern dressed in a suit, you know, these freaking companies, everyone's so young, you know, and I'm laughing. Hierarchy, like everybody looks so young on your phone, like, oh, just every second on your phone, on your phone. I know. I thought he was going to kind of go over the edge just a little bit. I thought, no, he's he's hanging in there a little bit. But anyway, he's he's picked an intern dressed in a suit, going to the airport of all places to meet his boss to deliver clothes. He's claustrophobic. Yeah, so that he can't made me put giggle. him in the trunk. Yeah, it's like I'm, um, I'm sorry. I promise I won't run again. Please don't put me in there. I'm scared of small places. No, and then he gets car sick oh, and, th- yeah. <laughs> and throws up. It's just like. He has got to, it's like, you picked the worst guy um, to kidnap and hold hostage. It ended up kind of on a different turn there at the end, but I just have to kind of pick on a little bit of a lighter moment because I know I was thinking that this entire time as he's thinking, oh, he's thinking he's got this as executive and it turns out he's an intern. What intern dresses in a suit? Well, it's his first week. Yeah. You know, he's trying to impress. He's trying to let them know I'm in this and I'm professional and, you know, I've got my shit together. I Look, I even have a suit. Um, and he just basically gets him on an errand. He's not anyone important. And then he puts him in a trunk and he's claustrophobic freaking out and having a moment and then he gets car sick and he's throwing up and just one thing after another in this whole hostage situation and just it doesn't go according to plan and I feel like that was one lighthearted thing that I could pick you know from this episode so I have to just kind of throw that out there because it's so heavy there's so much that's happening in this episode that I had to find a little something to um, kind of lighten it up a little bit so that's my number four (laughs) I like there's a ton of little stuff in there because I know uh Whenever he's talking to him and he's he, after he wrecks the car, Chris is trying to figure out. He's like, "All right, like you know, could you call your boss?" He's like, "Ah, uh, you know, I, okay, I think I remember a name." Like it was, it was very mm-hmm. much like a, an adult talking to like a kid kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like trying to get your kid to be like, "All right, so where did you leave your lunchbox?" Kind of thing. Yes, and where's the cookie crumbs? Yeah, <laughs> and he gets super frustrated, but then he'd be calm talking to him, just like you would, kind of like a kid and. He's uh he finds like yeah I could call and talk to her. He's like all right well what's her number where's your phone? He's like uh it's it's in the other car. And this is before <laughs> we really know Chris's whole like mo. Mm-hmm. So like I like if this was a, a dude that was actually gonna hurt somebody he might have done it then. And if you're Jaden yeah. that's what I would think. And then he's like well if if you call like HR like you know their main line like I could probably talk to somebody get through. He's like all right well what's the number? He's like ah fuck it I'll Google it. <laughs> You're right back where you started. You're right back to technology again. <laughs> but it was just uh, – and one other line, it wasn't with this scenario, but if we're kind of being on the light note in this, when he was talking to the people from uh, um, Smithereen, the COO mm-hmm. and Doug – or Dan, Don, mm-hmm. uh, after, they, after they put him on hold after Chris kind of was getting all frustrated, Don's like, well, he's not stable. And the COO is <laughs> like, oh, in what way, Don? <laughs> yes. There were a couple good lines. Very much, yeah, just like corporate meeting stuff. Yes, some really good stuff in there. They, I like how you know Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones, the writers and executive producers, creators, all that good stuff. um, They just, 
having such a heavy episode and heavy things happening and it's very intense and intense moments and definitely not a whole lot that you can laugh at, but it's, I like how they can infuse those little moments, um, to kind of lighten it up, to make it more human. Um, and I just think it makes it more real. So that's, that's my number four is I'm like, I gotta find, I'm, I'm really, you know, sad after watching this, I gotta find a few things that I can kind of hang on to that were lighter, um, to help me hold on a little bit. So that's what I picked out. That's my number four. What's your number four? Like it. So my number four, it's it was kind of interesting. I think uh, I thought you were going to lead with this with your number five a little bit, but it was just the knowledge that the Smithereen had on Chris. So mm-hmm. we talked today a lot about. I mean, that was a very it's very small in this episode and very much something I think you could look past. But you look at all the social media you have, and a lot of them are interconnected in different ways, you know, like Facebook, for instance, I think that's what you could kind of relate this to Facebook. How many things do you use your Facebook account to log into? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of chats, games, tons of stuff. And I think, you know, it's probably a little bit of naiveness, but Facebook or whoever is collecting your data. Like that's happening. Like it's, it's kind of a thing that for all these conveniences and all these pleasantries, pleasantries we get, Mm-hmm. I think we kind of have maybe unintentionally accepted that. And I th- I feel like it was very telling that Smithereen, as they're talking to these trained FBI, you know, England, Britain police officers, that they were the ones that were telling them all these details about Chris. Yeah. You know, they were the ones that were like, oh, yeah, and his wife died in a car accident by a drunk driver, <clears throat> you know, six months ago. And then there was this and there was this. And the police officers and everything were like, yeah, well, that's news to us, apparently. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think today a lot of that data is getting pushed into like ads and stuff like that. You see, like it's trying to sell you stuff. That's kind of where they're making their money. But like you think of that Tom Cruise movie, that um, one where they're predicting crimes and stuff. Minority Report. Minority Report. Like this mm-hmm. is kind of like it feels to me in that stage. And yeah. I actually. I thought it was like a text and driving thing, but the, but the other kind of back B plot story I thought we were going to get into is this would kind of be like one of the earlier episodes where this would all have been a simulation. Mm-hmm. And it was Smithereens predicting that Chris was going to do this thing and he was going to get arrested for it. Which to me, that would have felt more Black Mirror-ish. You know, if all of a sudden we pop out and Chris is getting arrested at his mom's house the day he moves in because we're like, oh, yeah, we've just predicted – but with machine learning and all this other stuff that you're going to commit a crime. So we're going to put you in jail for a crime you didn't commit, but we're pretty sure you're going to commit. Right. With like this probability you were going to commit this crime. Yeah. yeah. Which, How scary is that? that oh you yeah. Be jailed for something you haven't even done yet, but it, they've and, predicted that you're going to, <laughs> you know, you, you think about where we are with the data they have, it just would take, you know, a certain drop in different in rights that you have today, and it, it you're there. And it's like, yeah, you're going to jail for something you didn't do, but we're pretty sure you're going to. And we yeah. just passed a law. If it's 88% probability, then that's when you go to jail. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. What did you think about kind of them having this knowledge and having all these details on Chris and everybody else before really the police or anything was uh, brought to light? Well, and I mean, it, it is in my top five. It's actually my number one. And that's, you know, what is the lesson here? And, you know, I doing a little reading online about what people thought about this episode, you know, there was it 
after a day or so after it aired, it started to kind of even out. But like the first day after, there was so much <coughs> negativity, um, like folks that didn't care for it. And like, oh, this isn't one of my favorites. It's It wasn't good. And just all of these different things. And I thought, what? I really enjoyed it. So, you know, I think writing it off as a don't text and drive you know, message is only scratching the surface. Um, oh, I think agreed. like you, yeah, I mean, it's there, there, there is a lesson there, but that it goes deeper than that. And if, if that's, if that's all that you're getting from it, then you're totally missing out. Um, it's <laughs> well, like, the bad <laughs> thing is if that's all you take away, it's like, Oh great. You're not going to text and drive. The bad thing is you didn't get the really scary part of the show. Exactly. There, there's a lot more deeper things that I think we should be worried about and, and should be taking heed. And like you said, right now, tech companies right this minute, as we're talking tech companies are compiling information on us and creating these profiles that outshine what the fbi can do Mm -hmm. the freaking government that should have access to absolutely everything that you know they can do more than what they are and that's really scary and like we were saying earlier the setting for the show was 2018 this is happening right now this is not some futuristic possibility that charlie brooker's kind of throwing out there like you know we should be really careful where we're headed with technology because if not this is what's going to happen like in um and i don't think this is a spoiler because i believe most people who who have listened to us have already watched the um, previous seasons of Black Mirror, but like one that stands out is Metalhead from oh, you know yeah. last season. You know, and thinking about these robots that start taking over and are killing us. I, that's a that is a, like a legit fear of mine. This freaking Terminator. You know, the machines are gonna you know become aware, flip the switch. And be like, oh, well, we rule the world now and start taking us out. And it's not just one of those that like, ooh, yeah, we should be careful because that's where we're headed. No, this is where we're at. This is happening. And and social media has made us so disconnected from the horrors of this world. We just swipe it away and go on with our lives. You know, we read about things like this, you know, something like this that happened in um, Black Mirror where Chris is having this moment he's Jaden is being held hostage Billy Bowers pulled in and you know this is big for him so these are most important days for all of these folks lives right but we just dismiss them and keep moving on with our lives as we see at the end of the episode people see the notifications come up about what's happening because those boys are there taking videos they're they're tweeting I know it's not called tweeting there but I'm going to refer to it as tweeting because that's what I know um you know, they're putting it out there and keeping people like up to date as to what what's happening. And when they get that final final notification, this is the biggest moment in people's lives. And they're just looking at it and going, hmm, okay, swipe it and they move on. Yeah. And I'm like, that is scary to me. This is playing out right now in our time. If you replace Smithereen with Twitter. Oh yeah. It's it's <clears throat> happening right now. Well, I think even so Smithereen obviously had some pretty good algorithms to kind of dig through and you know, they you know, like the thing where uh Billy uh, Bauer was sitting there, and they're like, "Hey, here we've we've run the analysis, and this is what you should should talk about." Mm-hmm. That stuff exists today. Like, there's there's things you could put in data. Machine learning will go through and be like, "Hey, we, you know, based off of all this criteria and based off all this other stuff, it's not as simple as just like throwing the data in. It just automatically does it. It takes human interactions to make it work. Mm-hmm. So we're not to the point where machines are doing it all yet, but it definitely will give you like here's some good talking points that based off that you should do. Yeah, and it took the human element out of it because. As he's doing that, he's like, oh, I hear you. And like, oh, it sounds like you're in a rough place. And Chris mm-hmm. is like, he's been disconnected enough. I think he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, talk to me like a human being, not just yeah. some robot. Be real. 
But the the other point I was going to make is so like even even to right now if we don't have like the minority report type stuff and you know the probability selection yet because we don't have the computing power yet that data is still getting collected. Uh huh. So <laughs> even if they don't have the computing power to do it today, they've got X number of years of data that they can throw into that when they do. Um, mm-hmm. So when they figure that out, they'll be like, "Well, Sean, we've got a ninety nine percent probability that when you go out and drink tonight, you're probably going <laughs> to take your pants off." <laughs> Like, tricks on you, Facebook. It's a 100% chance. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, now, see, something like that would come in handy. I feel like, you know, like I want some kind of technology that smacks the food out of my hand, you know, and I'm trying to, like, be good on my diet. Where's that, you know, um, machine or robot that's going to stand there and go, not today, woman. No, <laughs> no chocolate cake for you. Yeah, um, that's Here's what a I want. Celery that's... and carrot platter. Mm. Yeah. Well, no, gross. We don't do vegetables here. But at least maybe stick to some protein in um, some low carb stuff and, and say, you know, no, you cannot have that cake. I, it's what I need is something. That's where technology needs to take us. Let's do some good in the world, you know, like that. Not um, things that are, you know these supercomputers that are going to be. Like they're trying to build them that are like human like and kill. I'm not kidding. Metalhead scared the shit out of me because right after Metalhead, um, people were sharing those videos yeah. with us. Those oh shit, what are they called? The um, Boston's like- Boston Scientifics or something. Yeah, yeah. That um, that company. They they have all those robots that look exactly like freaking Metalhead and these r- robots that look human and that are doing human things. And I would just I think I had a freaking meltdown after someone sent that to me. I was like, it's happening right now i am losing it um but i i totally went off there and i i didn't mean to i I think i got a little excited there but it's scary to me and i feel like people just aren't being aware is what they should be so i feel like i I get a little passionate about that so i apologize i'll calm down a little bit well that's what Um, black mirror is about it exposes those big deep fears (laughs) because you know you think about like I'm probably a person that if if all things were were good enough, I guess I'd, I'd love to live in isolation. Yeah. And today, you you think like 30 years ago, you could live in relative isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, just you and your small group of people that you want to be with. But today, not possible. Especially if you want any of the conveniences in the world, like not even remotely possible. Yeah, absolutely. What have we become? Yeah, but I like that. My number four is just the knowledge of smithereen. Smithereen. Uh, well, my number three, I'm going to talk a little bit about Billy Bauer. Um, I really liked his character, and I fully went into this episode expecting not to. Like, they kept, we kept hearing about Billy Bauer, right? And I kept thinking, oh, this is going to be a douchebag. You know, this mm. big CEO of this big social media giant corporation, he's going to be an asshole. Um, you know, because I feel like I'm kind of going off of who we know as far as like the big guys and, you know, Zuckerberg and, um, oh, what's his name? Dorsey, Jack Dorsey, um, you know, the CEO of Twitter. I'm not saying that they're assholes. I don't know them, but I just feel like they're not very personable um, and they don't really give a shit about us <laughs> behind all their users, behind their their media. But Billy Bauer, I, I really liked him, but and I didn't expect to. So that was Surprising. I felt like there was a buildup to have this cold CEO, CEO slash owner, or whatever you know he his title was. Um, but he's basically the startup of, of the company, and 
he actually, to me, had like more heart than anyone. Agreed. You know, in this episode. And that really surprised me. And I loved that. I love how they can kind of surprise us like that. Um, and I like that he was kind of a hippie. A little bit, you know, tech giant. He's on this 10-day silent retreat. Yeah, in Utah, um, I think and it was. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere in Utah. I don't know what that little... It looked nice. It wasn't like a hut. I don't mean to think of it as like a hut, but this... this it's like a little sp- glass cabin on top of a hill. I know. Like yeah, in the like desert. Glass cabin. I'm thinking, is there a kitchen? I mean, okay, you're in isolation, but are you eating? Is there a bathroom? It just looked like this really open, one big open room. I didn't see a bedroom, a kitchen, a bathroom, anything. I don't know... He probably had those pizza trucks from season four just drive out there and delivering pizza. That would be the best damn retreat ever. I know, right? Just bring me pizza. That's the um, future I want. Like social media machine learns means like, hey, Sean's in the middle of nowhere. Send the pizza truck so it's there when he's hungry. I mean, that place looked gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Um, and the dude's meditating. Um, and it it, sound, it sounded like heaven to me. <laughs> Not only just the area that he was in, but doing this whole tech detox. Um and it surprised me as well that he was genuinely compassionate to Chris. You know, he really felt, I felt anyway, that he felt bad. And he actually said what I wish like Zuckerberg and Dorsey would say is that we, the users, you know, that we don't matter. Many does. Cause I feel like that's what is what we're being told like in our real life. But, and that's kind of what he was saying there. It's like, that's, this is what drives us here. You know, to me, the, the gist I got from that, was because again, the other thought I had would have made this awesome is after that happened, if he did kind of like the Elon Musk idea, like he's always talked about this, like Fortnite and stuff like this, if he would have went into God mode mm-hmm. on Smithereen and just shut it all down, mm-hmm. like to me, that's what I was that's one of the things I was expecting to happen. But with him being like, well, this isn't what I wanted, you know, it was supposed to be so much, you know, it's supposed to be so different, but it just kind of took on a life of its own. To me, that's kind of like a punk rocker who is there. He's creating his music. He's or even like any rock star, really. They yeah. get to make their music. Then all of a sudden, they they the record company comes quote, in and markets out. you. Yeah. yeah, they try to and, market you to the masses. And, and then all you, of a sudden, yeah, you're your putting sec- out commercial music. <laughs> yep, your second album is like, okay, we need you to make these twelve songs, and you're taking the money. You know, now you're living a great life, but it's it's not what you intended. Because even with him, after after everything happened and we're cutting to the end, he was just like everybody else where it was just a blip in his day. Yeah. It, it didn't look like it had any lasting effect on him. He went right back to his meditation, closing his eyes, doing his thing. There was no lasting impact on him. And that's where I was thinking like with him, if like, if he just would have deleted all the smithereen, which you, know, you talk to like let's say uh, Jack Dorsey or – Zuckerberg, like if they came to this like come to Jesus moment with this and is like, oh my God, this platform I created, this thing I have is like just it's it's bad for the world, it's bad for society. I'm just deleting all of it. Because I think Zuck or not Zuckerberg, Elon Musk has said that I think about Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And did he say that about Facebook too, or one of the social media things? That he I wanted missed- to buy it and just delete it and shut it down? Yeah, I know he said that about Fortnite. I don't remember if he said it about any any of the others. I miss some some of what he says though. Yeah. I, well, I follow I mean, him on Twitter and I see some stuff, but there's a lot that I miss when I'm detoxing. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I'm okay with missing some of that. I, I don't have FOMO anymore or as much or I try to force it out of myself. But yeah. But I mean, do you think that that's I mean in in 
theory, that sounds like, well, why don't they just do that? Why, do, why don't they just go into this God mode, delete the whole damn thing? I mean, what what are the repercussions of that? I mean, there are people, they're stockholders. That's they're, probably the main thing, yeah. You know, you have to answer to these people. Um, I feel like there's things that you can't just get away with. And, and you are on, it's, it feels like Billy Bauer, I kind of felt bad for him because he, you could really tell in his voice that it seemed very genuine. That He's like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I created. This was not my intent. Um, but as it grew and grew and grew, now I don't even have control over it anymore. I'm basically yeah. just a, a face to, to all of this. And, and he's like on this train that just won't stop. And, and I, how do you pull the brakes? Well, I think a lot of that too, it's, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever realize what it's like to be in that those shoes or have that kind of money. Would love to one day. Cause that'd be awesome. I'd, cause I'd, I'd love, love to, to experience go. that. Yeah, I don't I'd mind love that. To go to Utah and just sit for <laughs> 10 days and not have to look at my phone for anything. But yep. it's, it's, I think it all comes down to probably just, you know, you, it does get too far away from you, but there's no repercussions for him because he's pulling in all this money. And if something does happen with Smithereen, like when you have that kind of money, you're, you're, I would assume you're still set for life. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when you look at the Zuckerbergs and stuff like that, they have, these guys have billions of billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of it's in stocks, but you know, even if they lose half their money, they still have five hundred million dollars. Which I'm, I'm not the kind of guy. Like people talk about athletes like that a lot, and I know athletes they make good money, mm-hmm. but when you start breaking it down by the years they work and who has to get the money to from like agents and taxes and all this other stuff, like yeah, they, you know, they're making ten million a year, but it's really like. After everything, like three to four million, they're bringing home. Still a lot of money, but it's not five hundred million dollars yeah. that somebody like a Zuckerberg or like that would have if you cut all their money in half. Probably even more than that. I think Zuckerberg's got like twenty billion dollars or hundreds of billions of dollars. What is it? I'm gonna look at that up. Cause that's Zuckerberg. I don't know, but I thought I, I saw when I was looking up Jack Dorsey a little bit about him. Um, he was only like five billion. Damn. Listen to me, only yeah. Five billion um, bit. Um, I thought that I was expecting more than that. Zuckerberg's net worth right now is sixty two point four billion dollars. So you Jesus. cut you cut him in half, like the the amount of money he has in half. Like let's say tomorrow something happens, like Zuckerberg, you lost half your wealth. He has thirty one point four billion dollars still. I could live off of his interest. <laughs> No joke, right? Like, How sad is that? The I interest think, that he's drawing right yeah, now. Just no, give me that interest payment and I'll yeah. be set. <laughs> I think you, I, and our families and then some. Maybe that's what we'll do, Rima. If we ever become billionaires, we'll just like randomly pick somebody like, hey, you get our interest for the year. I know, right? I feel like there's so much that can be done just with that. Like, yeah, when I become a billionaire. Um, but yeah, I could love this freaking um, interest payment and be just perfectly fine probably for the rest of my life. Um, God, but that's just that's, terrible. But that's the only thing with Billy's like, I think he was in the in the moment he felt this emotion, things like that. But just like your phone, just like your regular habits, once that moment was gone, just a blip in his day, and he was back into the you know the the day to day mundane of being the face of Smithereen. So I right. I'll give him a little bit of like yeah, it was nice, but I don't think he went as far as he could have. Maybe, but I do like how he did come in you know through at the end when Chris asked him for uh, you know hey do you know persona or the people at persona and he's like oh yeah i know that i can't remember what his name was but he's like oh that guy and you know pulled a string for him that he 
he he did try and yeah maybe him at the end when we we see that montage of everyone you know pulling out their phones getting the notifications of what's happening in the situation and they dismiss it and move on with their day just like we do every day and and you see Billy Bauer going back to you know sitting in his his little house there and going back to his meditation you know maybe you can take that as he was kind of writing it off but I don't know. I think I'd need to meditate after that. I think that was a pretty intense situation that he got in. So I don't know. I think that's kind of a little bit open to interpretation, but I can see where you see that because of how it went in with everyone else kind of writing it off at the end of their day. But I I like that. That's, that's good. But that's, that's my number three is just want to talk a little bit about Billy Bauer, who was played brilliantly by Topher Grace. A little Don't nervous, yeah. In the first like line or two when he talked, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Oh man, is this gonna work?" But it did. It worked out really well. He did a great job. I I was like, "Topher Grace, really?" <laughs> um, you know, and I I shouldn't do that because I get surprised by actors. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the Miley Cyrus episode. I have heard some great things about her performance. I and people were really I think upset when that announcement came out. I think last year that it was a, a rumored anyway. It was probably still a rumor that Miley Cyrus was going to be in an episode of Black Mirror. People were like, "What? You know, where's the credibility here?" Um, but hey, I'm Montana I've, guys, come on. She's been acting all her life. Best of both worlds, baby. Um, you know, so I, I I'm willing to definitely give her a shot because I have been surprised by actors and you know, I know Topher Grace mainly from that seventies show. I was a big fan of that show the first couple seasons. I didn't watch all of it, but the first couple seasons I was totally into it and I I dug him then and I was I thought he did a great job. So I do want to just kind of throw that out there since I'm talking about Billy Bauer, um, his character. So that's my number three. Uh, see, so for my number three, we've talked a, a quite a bit about it, so we probably don't need to touch on it too much. But it's kind of just the cliche and the consumed uh, nature of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as we've talked about it more, and as I thought about it more, there is deeper fears and deeper meanings into this episode than just texting and driving, or you know, using your phone and driving. Mm-hmm. But if you had to say, like, okay, write a Black Mirror esque episode in kind of today's stuff this would probably be like an episode that a hundred people out of a thousand or maybe a hundred people out of 500 would, would write something like this, you know, stuck to your phone, you know, kind of lost in the minutia of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so this being the first episode was kind of like, okay, I don't, I can see why some people are like, all right, like it's black mirror, but it's not what I was expecting for black mirror and getting kind yeah. of a gist of the trailers. I feel like it's, most of these episodes are going to kind of be more in that social media slash pop culture, you know, kind of realm. Um, so they kind of fit together, I think, in that sense. But uh, not that I was upset, but it definitely as I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, this this feels a little bit more cliche than what I'm used to from Black Mirror. Yeah, I can I can understand that as well. But um, I, I didn't quite go that far with it because I did – really enjoy it and thought, well, it, it might not be what you would have expected, but there was still a really good story there, um, Black Mirror style. So, but that's a really good point um, as well. Um, okay. So my number two. So other things that are happening in this episode, we've talked a lot about like social media and a lot about, you know, like Chris and Billy Bauer and such, but there's, you know, so, uh, other things and other elements that are happening here. We talked a little bit about that bereavement group that he was in. Um, I thought that this was 
a good showing of what happens to a family after suicide. Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, that story of the mom that he met in that bereavement group and the, when she's telling that story about her daughter, that was heartbreaking to me. And I was in tears, like crying, because I um, have a daughter of a similar age that this woman had here in the story. And, you know, she's talking about how she doesn't know why her daughter did it. She doesn't understand. She doesn't, it's not like she knew of any type of mental illness or any troubles or issues that her daughter had that would have, you know, uh, sparked this or led her down this path. And she was, you know, she was so distraught over it. And she was talking about how angry she was at her daughter for doing this and not telling her, you know, that she was feeling that way, that she had feelings of suicide or that she was feeling depressed where her mom might be concerned. And it just broke my heart that she's like, I just feel like it came out of nowhere. Like one day my daughter's here and life is good. And all of a sudden then my daughter's gone and there's, I have no reason why. I mean, at least if, if they're feeling depressed or they're going through emotional issues or you know that they're dealing with something or if maybe there's a mental illness that's involved or something, you, you, you're, you maybe you still don't expect it, but maybe you can be more aware. And to her, this came out of nowhere and it broke my heart. I was like just crying thinking, oh my God, I can so feel where this mom is at because I know if if I was feeling that, I would be absolutely feeling those exact same feelings and, and feel absolutely devastated. So I thought it was a really good show of of what happens when someone does that. And I think it also kind of, again, glimpse gives us a glimpse of the world that we live in where her daughter's social media Mm -hmm. could potentially give that mother some insight as to why her daughter did this. Like could her daughter's friends or social media group or activity on social media lead her to finding out, you know, and the fact that the daughter would put it on social media versus talking to her mother or talking to her family. That says so much. We don't even talk to our own families, but we're (coughs) putting it all out there for the rest of the world. Um, So I thought that was kind of saying something too. So I kind of wanted to just briefly touch on that, that it wasn't just, you know, this other stuff that was going on um, and these kind of other lessons that we're kind of learning. I thought this was something kind of poignant that I just kind of wanted to mention. Did you have any thoughts about that little side story there with the mom? This is actually my number two. I titled it Fight Club Group because it it really had that feel to it. Because, you know, like afterwards her and uh, Chris hook up. Which yep. is kind of that whole like needing, like just needing some kind of emotion. Like I don't think Connection. they were. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. There was nothing to it except just I don't know. In situations like that, like sometimes you just need to feel. Really, is what I, I get from that. But it's like after funerals, people go have sex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a, it's a thing. Even if you're not like in a relationship, you hook up at a funeral because you want to feel alive, makes you feel alive. And you've been at a sad funeral mourning someone and that's dark, it's depressing. You want to feel alive. And that's definitely one good way to feel alive. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, uh, it was, it was definitely sad, especially in the sense where like every day she gets uh, an alert on her phone. She gets three tries to try and get into her daughter's account. And really she's just, she's trying to find closure for, Mm -hmm. like you said, why it happened. You know, like if, if, God forbid, like you're, if a child gets sick, you you at least like if something happens with that, there's closure to it. Like there's a reason why it happened. 
But with mm-hmm. something like that where you just don't know, you just, you know, what made it happen? I think as humans, we like to solve, not only solve the, the problem, but, but understand why something happened. And, and in that sense, you don't know. Yeah. And uh, it, it it was a little relatable in a sense because uh, remember when Facebook first did like the the whole like, it was like their 10-year anniversary. It was like, here's your 10-year video. Mm-hmm. Like everybody could post it. Yep. There's a, a band that I know from close by. Their guitarist passed away like just, I don't know if it was an aneurysm or what it was, but but his dad like basically reached out to Facebook and it was a viral post. He's like, you know, I just want, I want to see this video of my son. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped build the momentum for them to do like the in memoriam type thing. Aww. So that if something happens, you can do this, you can get access to see all their stuff. But in this instance, you know, she even mentioned like you could do an in memoriam for her daughter's account, but then she couldn't see any of the messages. She couldn't see any of the stuff that would give her closure. Yeah. And uh, I saw in an interview with Charlie, and I don't know if it's in our notes or not, but he kind of mentioned that they didn't really show what happened because he felt that would be too cl- a cliche, I guess, because it'd be like, yeah. oh, she killed, you know, she committed suicide because of this. Mm-hmm. But more of that, if her mother, when she finally got in there, what she'd probably find is just more questions. Yeah. You know, she'd see all these things and try to make connections that probably weren't true. So it really wouldn't provide any closure. But, but yeah, I felt like it was a really good side story. I like that they kind of tied it in at the end. It wasn't the full piece of this, but it definitely had some extra tidbits kind of in this this episode. Yeah, I, I liked a lot of that. And I also liked that it showed um, a real woman, like in just an average woman mom with that has sexual desire and acted on it and that it's okay that it wasn't just some young 20 something super slim model looking girl, you know, that this was, you know, this, you know, like middle-aged woman feeling herself and, and, you know, getting some relief there. And she talked about, you know, how long it had been. And I'm like, you know, you do you. you yeah. That's great. That is, I love that. I like that it was a real moment because it's like, I, I get so tired of seeing these, you know, mo- that it's always about these skinny little model types and stuff that this is a real woman, just an average, you know, everyday woman. And she's mm. not just a mom, but hey, she's got sexual needs too. Um, and and that's okay. So yeah. I like that. I'm like, yeah, you, you go. There's From hope a- for all of us. <laughs> From a male perspective, uh, besides the the circumstance it was under, I mean, yeah, it was pretty sexy. I mean, I thought yeah. she was sexy in the fact that she's like, yeah, this is what I want. And, you know, whenever you, you know, she had some good dirty talk there where it's like, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah, she, and hey, she was all about, um, you know, mutual satisfaction. Exactly, and, yeah. You know, making sure he was taken care of too, even though it wasn't what he wanted. But it's like, you know, she didn't forget about him. <laughs> Um, so I, I liked it. I thought it was, you know, interesting and, um, you know, well done and I'm glad it wasn't just some cliche. So I like that, but it, the whole story with that was, was just heartbreaking and, you know, her notebook, you could see like, kind of guess how many days she's been at it when you see all the, you know, words crossed out of her notebook and she only gets three tries a day and you can see how long she's been at it. It was just heartbreaking. I really wanted her to find out. I don't know if it would have helped her to find out and if she did find out, but um you know, I really I really wanted her to have that and I thought that was a super amazing gesture when he had Billy Bauer, you know, kind of reach out and have 
persona, contact her um, to give her the password information. And that's something that, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not. It's really morbid as shit. But there is this uh, a thing in Facebook that you can give someone. It's not like just full control at all times. But like if something happens to you, this person is able to like take over your account. Oh, really? If you, yeah, there's a setting in there. Yeah. It's in, uh, it's in your privacy settings, I think. So, um, you're able to kind of turn it over. If something happens to you, this person will get permission to like take over your account. So that way, if you need to alert people, like post on that person and say, Mm. you know, Hey, that something has happened to this person that they've passed and you're sharing that information. I don't, you know, so there is a setting for that. I've got a in my safety fireproof box. I've got a note to my sister with the password for my Facebook, which I need to update. I think, but basically in there, I tell her that if something happens to me, she gets control of my Facebook, and every so often, I want her to post things as me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted that. I thought that'd be because one, I mean, if especially if people don't know, I think it mm-hmm. uh, it could be kind of freaky, I guess, and you could be upset about it, but. You know, if you see a post from somebody, like if I could time posts, you know, yeah. like the like if something happened to me, kind of like P.S. I Love You, even though I hate that movie, something similar to that. <laughs> Don't get me started on P.S. I Love You. I hate that movie. You know, other than Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I wasn't really a big fan of that movie either. Thank people, you. people, you know what? It just. I'm sorry. Maybe I need to turn in my girl card for that. I don't know. I'm not a real big chick flick romantic comedy or whatever type movie person, but P.S. I Love You just didn't do it for me. Jeffrey Dean Morgan did, but um, uh, not the movie. I just, I thought, I just don't like it. I don't know. Something about it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I even liked Gerard Butler and it just fell flat for me. Sorry if that upsets any of my girlfriends out there. Didn't like it. Um, But yeah, there's a setting in there and, and maybe I'm, you know, not getting it quite right about the actual use of it, but there is a feature that if you, something happens to you, someone can take control of your Facebook. Like they, it gives this person like permission, um, you know, for that. And I'm guessing it's, you know, in that type of style. And, you know, I mean, I just want someone, you know, I asked my best friend, I'm like, you know, if something happens to me, you need to like come and get rid of some things that I don't want my family to find, Uh, you know, (laughs) <laughs> or delete these files on my computer. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> this thing's titled Really Good Movies. Yeah, delete those. Um, actually, you know what? Just burn down my apartment. Just burn down say. my apartment, my home. Whatever I'm in, just burn it down. I need you see in the movies, they have these cleaners. That's what I've um, interested my best friend with. You're my mm. cleaner. You are to get rid of all of this stuff. So that way when I die and people are coming in here and cleaning up, all of my stuff, um, they're not like, oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> That's the, uh, I think it's in uh, uh, Suicide Squads where uh, um, Deadshot has the gun on the guy and he's like, all right, if he shoots me, first thing you do, shoot him and then clear my browser history. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a hell of a task to put on someone, but my best friend is up for the task. She she just giggled and said, "You got it." Um, <laughs> so yeah, you got to look out look out for your folks. That's a really morbid just thing to think about, and I don't mean to make light of of that at all. But I'm I'm a morbid person, and I kind of laugh at death a little bit because you know it's going to happen, and um, we can do stop it. So I just kind of roll with the humor of it. But anyway. 
That's my number two. I like it. Uh, see, my number two was the Fight Club Group 2, so it kind of tied into like that. that. So what's your number one? Well, my number one, we talked a lot about it, was that I feel for me that main lesson um, that you brought up earlier, I think was your uh, number four, maybe, that taking a deeper dive into what we actually see here and what's actually happening today and why I think that they did make a point to show us today. Cause we don't always get that. Some of those episodes oh, no, yeah. you get and you're like, I don't know if I'm in the past. Am I in the future? You can, you think that, you know, because sometimes it looks, um, what was it? Um, Archangel from last season. I, I oh, those yeah. are the more that's fresh in my head. So I'm probably referencing those a lot. Um, but Archangel looked like it could have been, like late 80s, early 90s, but the technology was super advanced. And that's kind of what we will sometimes get with Black Mirror. It's like you don't quite know what time frame you're in. Um, Metalhead seemed kind of dystopian um, with some technology. Other times it looks like the time looks older, like the homes look older. You know, the refrigerators like a, didn't yeah, look like that a 60s, updated. 60s, 50s feel. Yeah, but the technology was way advanced. Um, so anyway, I... I feel like that was a, a message that was kind of like, this isn't a futuristic type world that you need to be a, a, afraid of. This is kind of something happening now that we're just, you know, kind of pointing out a little bit. So I, I really like that. I hope that people, you know, kind of got that and not just a, oh, don't text and drive. I think we all kind of know that. I'm, I'm hoping people aren't doing that. The notification isn't worth it. The text message isn't worth it. I can't say it enough. Um, we're probably all guilty of it at one time or another, but um, put that phone down, people. Yep. Set it off in the other seat. Throw it in the damn back seat and don't even think about it until – and if you have to call someone, if it is something urgent, pull over. Yep. That's all I'm Arrive say. alive. Don't text and drive. That's good. Yeah, I have to have my little PSA moment. I hate to sound like a mom because I feel like I tell – you know, my kid's pretty good about it, but um, – or at least she tells me she is. <laughs> Because I'm on her ass about it, but um, you know, I it's it's important. I have to have my little mom moment there about um, you know, the lesson there. But it's it's definitely more about that, and I hope everyone kind of gets that because it it scares me. I I feel like I I don't know about you, but because I know that you're kind of in like the tech world, you're in IT and stuff. That um, so you probably know more about it than me. But I feel like I go all over my social media, and I'm like doing everything I can to make things as private as I can to keep, you know, not just other people in my stuff, but like, what can I do to like keep Facebook out of my stuff, which yeah. is pretty much it's, nothing, but you know, I feel like I, I just try to do what I can cause it's, it, I don't like it. I don't want, I don't want them all up in my business. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It's kind of like with YouTube. It's like, which of these ads would you like? I always pick one randomly. Cause I'm like, I don't want you to build some algorithm around me. I'm going to exactly just guess, make you guess. I I don't, I don't want to see that in my Facebook feed tomorrow if I'm, and I hate that, that I hate, hate, hate that where I, you know, I'm looking through Amazon and I'm like, Hmm, you know that I like that. And I like that. I haven't bought anything yet, but based on my searches in Amazon and then the next day I go on Facebook and there's, um, all those damn, you know, ads, ads yeah. for the exact damn thing I just saw yesterday that I was looking up and I'm like, ah, it's madness. <laughs> um, putting the tape on my, uh, you know, camera. So my FBI agent can't be watching me, you know, um, hi there. I got it open right now. Cause I'm looking at <laughs> Is you, it still Rob, or did they change it? Last I heard it was still Rob. Oh, good. He's not bad. I mean, 
Yeah. He send, he'll send me Christmas cards every now and then. Absolutely. So, but yeah, I, I, try, I try to do that, but I don't know. I know I'm just living in my own little world of denial that I think I'm doing something and it, it placates me, but it scares the hell out of me. So anyway, I already talked about that enough. Um, what's your number one? Uh, my number one, we talked a little bit about kind of the second half of it, but it was just this ambiguous ending. Uh, yeah. So we see a couple shots into the car. We don't know, was it Chris? Was it Jaden that got shot? Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely left very vague there. And also it's left vague about what the the lady with the, the daughter finds out. You know, We don't know if she found out any closure or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> all this stuff just ended up in being – just another blip, another note, just a little bit of confetti in everybody else's day-to-day. You flip it open, it's like, oh, yeah, that hostage situation. Oh, um, somebody died. Okay, cool. Bus is here. Oh, a ride's here. Pizza's yeah. here. Just, you know, and I think, you know, back in the day, like we talked about newspapers and things like that, you know, that was like that was your news. That was your story that you read about. Mm-hmm. But today with you know the advancement of technology and how quick it is to get news stories out, there's just so many that you probably wouldn't have heard about 15, 20, 30 years ago. But since you can constantly get new, new stuff out there, you, you hear about everything. And so if you can hear about everything, nothing's really that important. I think that's another little tidbit in here that they kind of really were showing to us yes. here. Well, and you know, I remember – before I had internet and probably before there was internet, whenever CNN was new. Oh yeah. Like all day news. Like you didn't have to wait for like the morning news afternoon or the evening news, 10 o'clock news. You had news 24 seven. And I remember, you know, I think I got a little bit addicted to that for a little bit. CNN, whenever it was new and then there was headline news, HLN, I would just sit there and watch that like all morning. I would watch, you know, I was like, don't, don't just let me watch this. You know, and I'd be watching the ticker at the bottom and what's going on in the background and what's happening with this story that I feel like was before I was able to get addicted to internet before it existed. (laughs) I was like addicted to this 24 hour news constantly going on. It was always on in the background. If I'm puttering around the house and doing laundry and cleaning things whenever, before I started working, um, Freaking twenty four hour news. Um, that was that was our downfall. That's what it was. That start. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's what started it because you had to fill that time and you couldn't fill it with the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. after a while, you're like, oh well, you know, here's a story that would instill fear, or here's a story that's just kind of weird and interesting, and then you're trying to find the most violent or most weird story and. Before you know it, everybody's going to Florida to figure out what's the weirdest story in Florida, and it becomes its own little meme. It's always Florida. Yeah, it's weird which I shit heard out of Florida. The reason it's Florida is because it was something like every every document that's filed or whatever with the police or the public service is public mm-hmm. record, like fully public record, so people can get to that stuff quicker. That's why I heard you always like every state has their weird stories like that, but because of some way yeah. the Florida law is set up, their their stories are exposed a lot easier than other states. Huh. So they're just their weird stories are being put out before anyone else's weird story. So it yeah, just looks exactly. like it's always Florida. Yep. Interesting bit of information because they do always look like because you, don't you just sometimes sit back and go, what the hell is going on down yeah. there in Florida? We did what a story hell? about a guy who got killed by a bird. It's the most dangerous bird, and guess where it was from? Florida. Florida. There are alligator or um, snakes eating alligators down there. That's yeah. some effed up shit. 
That's true. Right there. That's, That's why you don't up. let your pets out. You keep them. If you don't want them, I don't know what you do then. Find a home. Get your pet adopted. Don't put him out in the wild. Don't put him out in the, in the wild in the Everglades and stop bringing over all these foreign pets. Those pythons don't belong here. <laughs> they they came over. <laughs> That's not right. You're disrupting our ecosystem. Anyway, that's my little preachy statement. I love that. Yes, I think that new was... to your pets, everybody, <laughs> even if they're snakes. <laughs> there are lessons to be learned everywhere. We can always take a moment. Um, well, I think that was great. Top five. Did you have any notes? Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, one of the things I, I loved is that I don't know when they do it or why they do it, but like in England, whenever there's a uh, I think it's only just females like an authority. I don't know if it has to be. I like. I don't know the criteria for it, mm-hmm. but I love that they call mum. Yeah, I, it's just I don't know. I just instead it, of ma'am, it's yeah. Mum. It just kind of melts my heart a little bit. Uh, there was a funny line where they're talking about with Chris. He's like, "Well, he's a low income, high intellect person." I think it was Don says, "Oh, or maybe it was the negotiators." Like, "Oh, those are always angry people." I know. I I giggled. I'm like, "Yeah, you're kind of right." <laughs> Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, it was kind of, it was kind of funny, but a little sad. Is is the line that Chris used when we talked about um, getting in the car accident, where he said, "You know, he killed her over a dog photo." Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, you know, it's it's a dog photo. You see millions of them. They're not that important, and you lost the love of your life because you had to look at another dog photo. So I thought that was kind yeah. of eerily creepy. In a sense, but I yeah, know. that's about the but only notes I had. So true. Um, yeah. And one line that he kept saying, um, what, what was it exactly? Because I don't have it written in my notes, but um, it's my last day. Oh, yeah. That, that was it, eerie. Wasn't that just, God, just uh, really pulled up my heartstrings um, for, for that character for sure. Um, a few interesting things that I, um, kind of took away one funny thing during the time that the, um, Oh, the CEO, the analyst and the, the lawyer guy are all in that conference room and they are tapping into what Chris is saying. And there's the auto transcript is printing out the, what he's saying. So it's like, you know, you can see the transcript of Chris's words and it auto corrects to ducking instead of the F word. Did you catch that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I giggled at that a little bit too. I laughed so hard because it makes me so mad. I have a potty mouth. You guys know <laughs> if you listen to me, I try not to. I've been trying to be a little bit more conscious about not dropping the F-bomb so often whenever I'm podcasting. So I'm like, you know, people are going to just look at you and think all you do is curse, which I do. But I think, you know, people probably don't want to hear that. So I've been trying to cut back on how often I drop the F-bomb. And if you guys don't care, that's great. Just let me know. But I do try to be cognizant of it. Um but I get so mad because I do I do curse and I curse when I text and I'll I'll be typing out the f word and it makes me so mad when autocorrects to ducking yeah. and I laughed so hard when I saw that because I'm like look even this little algorithm that's printing out this auto transcript is trying to soften what he's saying by saying ducking instead of the F word. So I thought that was um, really funny. I found out I was doing some reading. I found out um, because I don't remember this and because Bandersnatch was like, there was so much to it and you kept, playing it over and over and over again, right? And kept trying to get all the different, um, you know, endings oh, yeah. and scenarios and stuff. So I don't remember this. So tell me if you do. Billy Bauer was referenced in Bandersnatch. Um, 
there, and I can't tell you exactly which scene it was in or where it was, but it was in a news ticker um, oh. in one of the scenes. So they're watching like the news on the TV and in the news ticker, uh, Billy Bauer's name is mentioned. Which, oh, I missed it. Do you, yeah. do you remember, or did you find what he, what they said about it on the ticker? I'd have to look it up. I don't remember. Um, and I don't know that it, it said exactly. They just showed his name, but I'll find that screenshot for you and send it to you. And if, people are interested I'll, I'm happy to post it and share it as well um, but it was just kind of fun because it just you know everyone always speculates so does Black Mirror all take place in the same universe and I think that this is something that you could probably say yes um, it does so I thought that was fun um, also I found out speaking of Easter eggs and you know Black Mirror kind of being in the same universe so do we remember um, and, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit. So if there's, if this spoils you, if you haven't seen these episodes of Black Mirror, um, just be forewarned, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. But the first episode, very first episode of Black Mirror, um, the pig gate, uh-huh. Prime Minister Michael Callow, um, he was mentioned in this episode as well. Um, so he was in, okay, um, a media feed during a tweet in this episode was reporting prime minister Callow is set to meet with EU negotiators in Brussels. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, smithereens is supposed to take place here in 2018 and the national anthem, which was the name of that first episode was set during the show's original transmission during 2011. Um, so it kind of, you know, gives you like a time frame a little bit. So Um, still prime minister after all these years, it sounds like it. Um, he also showed up in the episode, it was season three's Shut Up and Dance. There, apparently he got divorced. So there is a new story in season three that shows um, Prime Minister Calloway is to get divorced. He also, in the episode Nosedive, he got thrown out of a zoo. That was a social <laughs> media post that said he was thrown out of a zoo. Um also in which one was this? Oh, during the events of Hated in the Nation. This is the episode where a swarm of robotic bees kills whichever person is most mentioned in tweets during the hashtag hashtag death to Michael Callow is name checked once more. His name is trending um, whenever they're showing that um, hashtag on this like Twitter type platform. Um, he also in which episode was this one? trying to find the name of it. He was, he won the celebrity bake off. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a ticker on a news thing as well, showing uh, that Michael Callow had won the British bake off. So they like to throw out poor prime minister, uh, Michael Callow a lot in a lot of episodes. I didn't realize he was out there that much, but I thought that was kind of, hasn't he been through enough? Hasn't he really? I mean, dear, I would think I was permanently scarred. When I watched that episode, I was warned beforehand, but I still went in and watched it. And um, it's fine. It's Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, so that's enough of the Easter eggs. But I just thought that I thought folks would find that interesting because I did. Um, so did you notice the song that played an awful lot throughout this episode? Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, yeah. That was uh, right at the end was really good. Yeah. But it was pretty perfect right i mean mm-hmm. can't take my eyes off you you can't take your eyes off that damn phone you know for a freaking minute i felt like it kept repeating that over and over again especially there at the end everybody's got their phones attached to their faces um i thought that was a perfect song they always oh, black mirror 
I just, they never disappoint with the music. Um, and this one was no exception. Um, so I think that's all of my notes. I did like the scene where he's, it's kind of in the beginning and Chris is in like that little diner and everyone's, you can hear everyone clicking. I really oh, yeah. am so annoyed. People turn off that clicking noise, turn off that sound when you're typing on your keyboard. That has to be one of the most annoying sounds in the world. And I, yeah. I felt like him just a little bit in that moment where I was just like, Aah! you know, he's trying to meditate and find his Zen and then he can't because everybody's on their phones and they're click, 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 clicking away. The only thing I hate more than that is that little whoosh whenever somebody sends like an email. Oh uh, yeah. Like, you don't oh, like that. Come on, dude. Turn off your email thing. Oh, I have mine on. I'll try to be aware of that next time we're hanging out and I'll <laughs> start turn sending off more emails. I'm going to send, oh, sorry, Sean, give me just a minute. I got a couple emails I need to send. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if that's it. Let me turn the volume up and send it again. I can't hear it. I don't know if it's sent. I, didn't get, <laughs> I don't know if it's sent if I didn't hear it, Sean. <laughs> anyway, oh, well, I think that pretty well wraps up that episode. It was really sad. Um, which is so typical of so many Black Mirror episodes that you didn't don't quite leave on a happy note, but um, I think a good message there as always. So if there are no other notes um, or anything to talk about, we're going to move into the news. I do have an item here from Entertainment Weekly. This was a really fun little interview with Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones. They are both the writers, um, executive producer and creators of Black Mirror. So we love these folks. Um, the first question says, in some ways, this felt very much like the type of story you might have done the first two seasons back in Black Mirror's British indie rock days. This one seems like a Silicon Valley inspired spiritual successor to National Anthem. If you don't don't mind the comparison. Charlie Berger says, no, I think that's a very accurate comparison. They both center on an unusual event taking place and you can see the concentric ripples spinning off that. So that's correct. And we knew we wanted to do a contemporary episode without any sci-fi elements at all. Uh, they go on to ask, and I think like National Anthem, it might be the only episode that doesn't require inventing any new advanced technology for the story. Brooker says, I think Shut Up and Dance is also feasible today. We like to do those every so often because it reminds the viewer and it reminds us that we are not necessarily a science fiction show. I don't quite know what we are. Annabelle Jones says, we're tapping into co contemporary worries and concerns and themes and observations about how we live our life and extrapolating from them. So they should always feel relevant. Entertainment Weekly asks, so if you're being honest and there's no limiter in place, Topher Grace is basically Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, right? Brooker says, I did zero research on who the heads of these companies are. I thought if I read up too much, I'm going to worry about I'm not going to get it right. So I'll just invent somebody different. However, part of the character did stem from Jack Dorsey. In 2018, around the holidays, he tweeted, I've just been on a 10-day silent retreat or something like that. And immediately his timeline was full of pe people saying, ah, the platform is overrun by Nazis. What are you doing? And I thought there was an irony in him taking himself off of his own platform. Fair enough. Good for him. I thought that shows he's a contemplative guy. We try not to do cartoon villains, though in a way that's what a character in another season five episode that will not be spoiled here becomes. We wanted to make sure he was a slightly unusual presence. He's sort of an enlightened tech bro. He's not a villain. He's conflicted and we see he's a bit lost too. 
Annabelle Jones says, the idea is the people who designed this tech had no idea it would become this global power, and he too is feeling out of control, as you would be if you were suddenly running this massive corporation and there are new rules that haven't been defined yet, new ways of communicating that people couldn't have predicted. So he's as lost um, as Chris is, and then meeting each other at the end is quite poignant. Each goes into their own spiral, and they realize they have nothing in common other than the fact that they're both lost. Brooker says he's one of the founders of this company. He evolves it into this thing where people say, if you tweak this and tweak that, you'll get better engagement. You've got a responsibility to grow the company and to your shareholders, but you also have an ethical responsibility. And that's the debate that is going on in the tech world at the moment and will continue to do so. I hope we've got that right. It will be interesting to see what Jack Dorsey makes of it. Um, Intimate Weekly says, here's my read on your ambiguous ending. By not revealing who was shot and then showing people checking their phones to see what happened, you're putting the viewers in the same state as those social media users who are asking themselves, what's the update? What happened next? You're giving us the same desire for the latest news that we get when we pick up our phone to check a trending topic we're following. And then by denying us that final piece of information, you're staging an intervention by interrupting our addictive pattern. Or did I read too much into it? (laughs) Charlie Berger says, that's not necessarily the intention, but that's a perfectly valid interpretation. Really, it was about how this massive drama, this most important day in several people's lives was reduced to ephemeral confetti that just passes us by, just one more little crouton of a notification. So it was about the disposability of it and how it becomes just another distraction for a myriad of other people. But I almost prefer your interpretation. I should have just said you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I like the disposability word there because that's definitely all the news, all the tweets. It's just it's a little bit of disposable. It's a little extra crouton in your salad that you just eat and don't even think about. Exactly. He says it very well. I love Charlie Brooker so much, and I just think he's absolutely brilliant and in my eyes can do no wrong. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's it for the news. Um and that's it for the week. this week. We didn't have any listener feedback. If you guys didn't have a chance to watch the episode in time because it did release yesterday, we are recording this um, today, Thursday. Feel free to go ahead and leave your feedback on Smithereens. You know, we'll mention it on the next one that we cover. I'm because I'm really curious what you guys thought about the episode. So um, don't worry that you know. Oh darn, you've already recorded. It's already released. I still want to hear because um, I like getting everyone's interpretations and thoughts about what they got out of the episode. I feel like there's so many things that you can take out of all of these episodes in Black Mirror. There's a lot to unpack. I like getting everyone's insights and opinions. Um, so anyway, hope to hear from you guys next week. Yeah, love this episode. Love Black Mirror. I mean, this this gets me excited. So oh my and we got two more episodes of it. So next week we'll be covering technically the first episode <laughs> from season five of Black Mirror titled Striking Vipers. Yeah. So the description of this episode is two estranged college friends reunite in later life, triggering a series of events that could alter their lives forever. Hmm. Talk about ambiguous. Mm. Um well, we are really excited for you to, to look into the Black Mirror with us. For updates, follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can check us on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Make sure to go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed and all the other great Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast. What else are you going to do this weekend? Listen to us and say, I'm going to go out and leave an awesome review for those yeah, guys. five-star review. Five stars. We love you guys. Absolutely. 
Um, well, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Uh, two episodes, not next week, but the week after, our five-year anniversary. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Well, that's amazing, five years. Are you guys going to do anything special? We do have a special episode. We actually are going to go back and listen to our very first episode and do a little commentary on it to Aww. see how far we've come. It was fun. I really liked it. The way we were. <laughs> that's so sweet. I love it. All right. Well, that's our show, episode 89, Smithereens. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Casey Robertson is strange indeed. <laughs>